Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Aaron Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast, my podcast about immigrants, immigration, and everything in between. So before we start the episode, I just want to say a few things. Um, it's been a month since I launched this podcast, and it's slowly catching steam. And it will, it still blows my mind that people listen to it. So thank you for my three loyal listeners <laughs> that <laughs> that listens and subscribe. And so another thing I want to say is, when I started the, this podcast, it was supposed to be a personal project, and now it is slowly becoming a community project. You know, with uh, people helping me out, with sharing liking my post or just even like telling people about the podcast. I really do appreciate that. And for that, I'm really happy. And I thank you for your continued support. And please, please continue to share, like, review, and all the good stuff, if you know what I mean, you know. And, but uh, but enough about me. Let's, let's uh, get into the episode. You're going to love today's episode. It's an unbelievable immigration journey filled with tragedies, troubles, and personal triumphs. So let's get into it. Sa dalawa, tatlo. Today, my guest was a college mate of mine. She's a gamer, an art lover, and a proud nerd. She's as wonderful as Wonder Woman and as marvelous as Captain Marvel. Everyone, please welcome Janice Atutubo Harrelson. Hi, Aaron. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you for doing this. Welcome. It's another time. Can't say no. Yes, you can. <laughs> no. I would love to to uh, share my story as well. I know some people would hopefully learn from my story. And you know, we're same school, we're same place. So it's always good to help each other. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So... First question I really want to know is Ooh, yes. DC or Marvel? DC or Marvel? Uh, I think I'm my heart close to to Marvel. Really why? Yeah. Because maybe because of uh, though Superman is DC. I don't know, I have a lot more collection comic books, Marvel. Mhm. Marvel. All right. I'm more DC than Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like uh, obviously Batman is the best. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't like Superman. He's too, he's too good. He's too nice. I don't like that. <laughs> I want some darkness. You know. And Marvel owns by Disney. That's why. Okay, okay. <laughs> Who's your favorite character? Uh you know, I like always uh, the X Men. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love him X-Men, too. X Men, all of them. All of them. There's no specific one. Yeah. I mean, X-Men is X-Men. I like all of them. Yeah, me too. I love X-Men. I like um, Nightcrawler. I like him. Mm, of course. Uh, Avengers. Mm? Avenger, of course. They're cool. They're all right. But, you know, I prefer the X-Men. I find them cooler. Mm-hmm. Why? You're, because you're one of the mutants? I am a mutant. <laughs> You know, actually, I, I I always think that too. That's why I like X Men. I always say, "Oh, I'm one of the mutant." I feel I'm a mutant. Why would you say that? Because I think every 
every person has your own uniqueness and power and strength. Mm-hmm. And you know that you have that in you. So you're a mutant in your own way. That's true. Did you know that's based on uh, racism, right? X-Men? Really? Yeah. It's, uh, th- it was created because the creator, well, Stan Lee, was mm-hmm. they want to create characters that will represent diversity and they show like people being racist toward other things, even though they are the same thing. I mean, yeah, they have superpowers, but they're the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I always hated when I was growing up, like when the when the mutant allows the human beings, the normal ones, to suppress them. I'm like, yo, dude, you got superpowers, man. Kick their asses. <laughs> okay. I could get to know. I didn't know that. It's based on racism. Yeah, it is. Good to know. So if you could have one superpower, what would it be? And why? <laughs> you know, one of my friends asked me that question already. And I remember my answer was, like, I want to be invisible. And then he said, why? Because you're too nosy. You want to go <laughs> step into a place and know what they're talking about or steal something. <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. But now I'm thinking of it. I think I would love to have a superpower like Professor X. Mm. You know, you'd be able to to read people's mind. Like we're talking at the back of your head. I could read what really you're thinking i think it's a cool right yeah that's cool but uh, i'm not that nosy (laughs) 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 so my friend is correct because i'm nosy (laughs) i mean i like like i am nosy because you look i'm doing a podcast asking people's their lives but i don't want to know how they think or what are they what they're thinking no but yeah yeah yeah, like but no judgment on this side. That's no judgment <laughs> on this side. I, I I see your side is just to know, like to know your footing. You know where you you stand with the person. Is that what you're trying to say? Kind of. No, but like it's good to like you, you don't need to talk. You're just looking at this person and say, oh, he's thinking of this. Oh, that's what he thinks. <laughs> I think it's cool. It is cool, I guess. I like that perspective. Mm-hmm. I want to be invisible or be able to read people's minds. I like that. All right. How about you? Oh, um, I, like I said earlier, I like Nightcrawler because he could transport to different places. Okay. Uh, and the reason why is when I was growing up, this sounds sad, but whatever. <laughs> when I was growing <laughs> up, my mom was working in Hong Kong. So she... She will work in Hong Kong for two years and then come back for one month. Mm-hmm. So there are times I'm, you know, I'm young. I was like nine years, ten years old, young. I want my mom, and I said I just want to tr- transport and go to her place and give her a hug and say I love her and then come back. <laughs> but you know what? If you, I remember one time you, mm-hmm. your sister's birthday. That's the only time that we talked for two hours. Remember? Was that only time we talked, Aaron? And I what remember. Did you talk I, about? Because that, I talked, we talk about it. My mom was overseas contract worker too at that time. Okay. And my mom left when I was ten. You forgot. You forgot. I, it's not I forgot. I mean, no. Now I hey, started to remember our conversation. That's beautiful. Yeah. You see, that's why I talk to people because you know, <laughs> different perspective too. 
I don't, I, yes, you know what? You're right. I remember us sitting together and we're talking, actually talking. Mm. I remember. Yeah. And I remember you're in school, in college, you know. We're same school, but I'm one year ahead. One year ahead. One year, two years. I think one year. So I was talking about the old days. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us where were you from originally? Originally, okay. So I was born in Sursagan, Bicol, southern part of the Philippines, the mainland, yeah. And then I remember we moved to Sampaloc when I was six or five. Then I grew up in Sampaloc, Tanarizal. Mm-hmm. Sampaloc, Tanarizal is actually a part of my hometown, but they're like a different kind of entity. But it's, it is in the mainland of uh, the Philippines, in Luzon, and close to Manila. So where's your family originally from? Uh, my, my parents. Um, my, my father, he's from Bicol. My mother, she's from North, uh, Ilocos. And they met in Manila. And because my father was in the military. So, and, and you know, Kapinpin, that's the training center for army. So we moved there because of my dad. Okay. Uh, for listeners that doesn't know, in the town that we grew up in, there's a camp that they train the soldiers, right? Yeah, yeah. It's Camp Kapinpin. Do you have siblings? I do. Um, my I have one sister. She's the oldest one. And my brother, he passed away already like six years ago or seven years ago. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, it's... He was an ambush. He was also in military. And... Oh, okay. I'm sorry to hear that. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, Aaron. Okay. You mentioned to me that your dad was a painter or is a painter? Um, my dad, he was an undergrad um, fine arts student. He, he was really good in arts. I grew up seeing his paintings, drawings. But, you know, I, I regret that I did not keep all those artworks, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Is he, is he still alive? No. He died, oh, okay. I think, three years before my, my brother, if I remember. And did he paint professionally or it was just his hobby? Yeah, just his hobby. But he was a fine art student, so... Mm. This is a weird question, but... What's your fascination with she wolves? <laughs> I sorry. <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't know. It's just fascinating. What is my uh, why I'm so passionate about she wolf? Yeah. Um. Okay. It's you know she wolf. There's like a woman who becomes wolf at night. Mm-hmm. Because it's two characters, you know, one as a woman who's a regular woman. And then at night, you can be a strong and powerful woman. So I think she will uh, represent to me my personality. Like, oh, a little bit sweet, soft, but don't cross the line. You will, <laughs> you will find yourself in the proper place. Is that what I mean? She will. That's that Bicolana blood and the Ilocana blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think. The Oragon. Yeah, my Oragon. <laughs> yeah. My dad was from Bico. Oh, so you from love... From Sorsogon. Like... No way. Yeah. I was born in Sorsogon. Yeah, he was from um, uh, 
I forgot his town, but yeah, I grew up there and and yeah, we love spice. We love Well, do you just speak the dialect? Because I still do. No. You don't? No. I I I was born there and grew up and I remember uh, I have some memories until five years old, but I until now I speak the dialect. Really? Yeah. Who like your dad taught you or who taught you how to I... speak? Because I heard it when I was little, and whenever my uncles, my aunts, they come to visit, I mean, I heard them talking. So okay, so you have the propensity to learn language. I think so. Yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where do you live right now, currently? Currently, right now in Queens, New York. Cool. Mm-hmm. I moved here like four four years ago. Oh. Is America the first country you migrated to? No. Oh, okay. I was in Dubai, UAE, for a year. Oh. From 2002 to 2003. What did you do in Dubai? Work. I work in school, daycare. You were teaching? Um, no, in office. Mm. Registration office, yeah. How did you get that gig? <sighs> Remember, uh <sighs> I, I don't say I'm not saying it's by accident because I mean everything happens for a reason. A friend of mine, um, she went for her interview and I saw wanted school registrar assistant. I said, you know, let me try. And she was there for an interview. I just went to you know to be with her, and I got hired. What do you mean? You're just like <laughs> sitting there and like, hey, no. And then I said, oh, our school registrar. You know, I'm a and that time I just got my teaching license. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I'm a licensed teacher, but I'm a fresh graduate. And said, oh, but we need a, in an office, someone reception is in an office. Mm-hmm. And then, but actually the employer is next door. You want to try for interview? Said yes. But that time was SARS, you know, during the SARS time. Okay. And then they said they go in a band uh, OFWs from Philippines. So they needed urgent. Mm-hmm. And then in one month, whew, I left. In one month? Yes. Wow. They processed my paper in one month. You weren't even ready. You weren't like thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> because of SARS. I remember that time was SARS. So. Be- what do you mean because of SARS? Because of SARS you left? Um, because of s- SARS mm-hmm. virus. Mm-hmm. virus. So they will stop processing the visa. They will stop people from Asia to travel. Like what's happening um, right now? They 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 close immigration, mm-hmm. people from Asia. So that that was the time when I left first oh, time. Oh wow, that's crazy, mm-hmm. man. Interesting, right? No plans <laughs> at all. Oh, by the way, you're going there now. <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> then they process my visa, and oh my god, that was my first time in the airplane. It was business class. Whoa, boring. <laughs> Yeah, my first experience. How was the experience? Oh my god, amazing! Yeah, amazing. Oh, were you not afraid? Um, no, I was excited. I love flying. I love it. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Even like uh, last year, I um, mm-hmm. went back to visit the Philippines with my family. I was scared shitless. <laughs> and what I don't know. To me, I love flying, but I don't like direct flight. I hate direct flight. I hate sitting, being in the plane for 16, 18 hours. No, 
I like stop over. If it's four stop over, I'm good. But it's long. The flight is longer. The trip is longer. Even though, but I got a chance to walk the airport, relax. <laughs> so, as everybody knows, or maybe some people doesn't know, Dubai is a Muslim state, right? Yes. Were you afraid that moving to a Muslim state will be, you know, conservative? And- you know, actually, it was not fear. It was more on excitement, you know, because I knew I finished education, but I felt that education is not the field that I wanted to have for the rest of my life. I mean, my teachers, my gosh, I salute all the teachers, but I knew in myself that it's not the career that I wanted to to take or to continue. Yeah. So you it didn't even bother you that they're a Muslim state. You're like, I'm just going to no, do this. Because I was not really, you know, now that we know what is, you know, the social media, we were aware of what was going on in different country in our society globally. We're not so affected that time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's more on curiosity than fear. What do they have? Mm. Okay, I love that. I love that perspective. Like, yeah, you're so open. Like, oh, okay, I'll just go and experience life. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, we we started having those fear about Islam or Muslim country when this, you know, Bin Laden issue started, the war in Middle East started. You know, social media exposed, but before, you know, living in the Philippines, a simple life, we were not really affected what's happening globally. I don't know. I'm talking my experience. Oh, for sure. Well, as you know, uh, there's a lot of Filipinos that live, well, they don't live, but they work in Muslim states like Kuwait, UAE or whatever, you know, and, you know, we hear stories. Some some people comes home dead. You know what I mean? I remember the story of Sarah Bullabagat. Exactly. You know, stories like that. They get... Floor contemplation. Yeah. Floor was from, yeah, Singapore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, that's what I mean by being... That's how we got that... I don't have the fear, but, you know, as as the whole Philippines, they have that fear of Muslim states. You know, okay, to be honest, that time was, my family was really in a financial crisis. My my dad had a a heart attack and he was in a hospital that time. And no, my mom was working abroad and she had to come back to um, take care of my dad because my dad was in a hospital and he was sick and they want the the wife to be there to sign papers for my dad to process all his papers and they only need the wife to do that so my mom had to come home and i have no choice i have to work for the family so well it's it's curiosity at the same time i I know that i have to stand as a breadwinner of the family yeah because my sister was already married that time, and she already had two kids that time, I believe, I remember. And my brothers, too. Oh, my brother, he had two kids. Mm. Playboy, different women. Mm-hmm. Anyway, forgive me, he's dead. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you had to step up and be the breadwinner for the family. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always share that story. 
curiosity at the same time you know i had to do it because i had to support my family yeah. mm -hmm. it's a need yeah i get it mm -hmm. and how did you cope up with uh homesickness homesickness um you know dubai it's it's also very diverse count no sorry city i mean the uae entry area there are a lot of filipinos I work with Filipinos, but it was hard because, you know, that time there was no like this, no, no social media, no Instagram, no Facebook. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it wasn't like this. So it was really hard. I used to send letter or email <laughs> because there was no internet yet. In some part of no, when I left 2002, no. I had to send a really mail, I had to send letters, hmm. write and send to my family pictures. Man, you're a tough woman, man. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> so you write letters. Was there a person or people that you leaned on while you know you're going through that? People. Uh my yeah, I, I I had friends, but they are older and I became like their daughter. We were four Filipinos working in school and they were like the same age of my mom at that time. So I was like their daughter. And it was a good training for me because that was the first time that I live on my own. Like when you started making having your own money and independent. But at least you were with the mature people. They will guide you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think I was blessed. Of course, I always pray, Aaron. I mean, I, I would not be able to do it if I don't believe in God. And I know God always there to protect me. That's amazing. Me. So that's that's cool story, man. Okay. So did you enjoy your time in Dubai? Yes. Actually, I was there for a year. After Dubai, where did you go? Then I moved to Kuwait. Oh, okay. Did you go from Dubai straight to Kuwait? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Somebody offered you a job? Yes. Okay. Because um, there was one of the... No, no. I think a friend of my coworker, mm -hmm. he was working in a hotel. Okay. And then he said, we need um, hostess in a restaurant. So he said, oh... We want that young lady to work for our company. The pretty one. Uh, he didn't say that, but... <laughs> I'm sure he says that. <laughs> he said, oh, if you want to move to Kuwait, it's... Uh... Actually, Kuwait is the highest currency in the world at that time. Really? So I Yes. That's hmm. in the world until now, I, I believe. Mm -hmm. So I moved because of money. I mean, oh, sure. But uh, Dubai is more open. Kuwait is... Islamic country, though it's open to practice your religious belief, but still close. You know, it's not that alcohol is not allowed. Mm -hmm. You can't, you must be husband and wife to, to be on the, I mean, not really to be on the street, but I think you have to be decent mm. walking on the street. Dubai is more open, to make the story short. Did you have to wear a hijab? No. Okay. It's Saudi Arabia. And I think some cities in Saudi as well, they don't need to wear hijab. But in Kuwait, you can wear no, Western... We, they don't require us to wear that. Oh, okay. And you said you were a hostess? Yes, that was the, the job. And I didn't know. I thought it's just in a restaurant. But I didn't know it's a hotel, Palm Beach Hotel. Mm -hmm. 
what does entail to be a hostess? Like, what do you do? Uh, to be a hostess, mm-hmm. actually, um, it's just a regular when you go to to a restaurant. You know, you welcome the the guests, then guide them, assist them. That's what's my expectation to do. I I didn't know that. It's a huge hotel. <laughs> I thought it's a regular restaurant. I didn't know. Come on, it's Palm Beach Hotel. And then I, I thought they assigned me to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not like here or in a place you said, oh, this is the job specifically you do. There they can move you to different departments. Mm-hmm. Then they moved me to a front desk. Okay. Like a receptionist? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was a great experience. So my expectation and the job that I got is more than my expectation. <laughs> That's what my first hotel job, Palm Beach Hotel, Salva Kuwait. Oh, that's awesome. What year was that, 2004? Um, 2004. Oh, and so being a receptionist, you were speaking English, I'm assuming? Yes. And were you speaking Arabic? That's the thing. If you work at the front desk, they expect you at least to learn the language. Because though we have a lot of foreigners, people from Europe, North America, you know, Asian people, they speak English. But they are from Gulf countries that they only speak Arabic. And, you know, when you're rich people, you can't tell me to learn your language. (laughs) I have money. I don't need to learn your language. You taught yourself to speak? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, how? Like, was there a book? Was there a school? A book and also there's school. So you go to work in the morning and then go to school at night? Mm, no, during off. We have one day off. I mean, did the work pay you to learn Arabic or it was just... No, 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 no. It's a privilege for those who want to learn Arabic, to learn the language. It's free, so why not learn it? Why not get the opportunity? Yeah, it's free, but but did they pay you to learn the language? Because you're going to no, use it for work. We don't. You're bonded with contract, and it's very specific there that what this is the amount you will get per month. Hmm. And then you learn Arabic. Do you think that helped you to adapt to the culture of Kuwait? Um, because I, I already worked in Dubai for a year. So I already know what I will have with regards to culture. What kind of culture I will, I'm will i expecting to have when I move to Kuwait. So, I mean, it's an advantage that I already had experience. And also in Dubai, because I was in registration. I, I learned basic words, basic communications, but in Kuwait, I mean, had to to really learn it in business setup. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You practice more because with Dubai, you were in the office. You don't really talk to anyone, kind of deal. And then in Kuwait, you're the receptionist. You talk, you will have to talk to everyone. Mm-hmm. Wow. So even though you adjusted well, I'm sure you still had difficult times in Kuwait. Oh, yeah, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, you know, when when I moved to to Kuwait or in Muslim country, I don't want to say Muslim country, but with your respect to all the Muslim, I have a lot of uh, Muslim friends. I'm talking about my experience. And 
I think the country that I went, the my behavior towards gender is different. It's like women are secondary. You can't work at night. And because they're very conservative, and when they see women a little bit, you know, showing skin, I mean, you, you can wear whatever you want as long as it's not showing so much skin, but it's your own risk. So might as well just cover your body and don't take the risk. What do you mean by risk? Like, yeah, I've experienced, um, I was walking on the street and five cars would stop. And they were like, hey, how much? I mean, that's rude. I don't think that's <laughs> rude. I think that's beyond rude. <laughs> I know. Or sometimes they would say, oh, hey, what's your name? It's like, no. Yeah, but that's like, even in New York, that happens. I know. But there, if someone's driving BMW, Rolls Royce, and would stop the car and say, hey, you need a ride? I mean, but I was too young and I was so scared. I'm sure. Because of what I heard about women, you know, how the people treat the women if you don't respect yourself as well. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. So... I, I was lucky that I was guided by really good people, you know? Mm-hmm. You had mentors? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And how long did you stay in Kuwait? Eight years. No, it was two, I think nine. Nine. When you're in Dubai and nine years in Kuwait. Nine years. And that's not straight nine years you stay there. You Do you go back to the Philippines for a visit? Yeah, every two years. I go home every two years. For a month? No, 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 no. Every two, yeah, at least one month and a half. And like you mentioned before, you live in New York now. How did you get to America? How did I get to America? Never in my wildest dream that I'll move to America. I mean, America is not like a dream for me. I mean, because I have relatives in Canada. Mm. In, in Toronto, no, I, I was thinking if I moved to North mm. America, it, it would be in Canada. Never thought in America. I have no business in America. You can still move. So, <laughs> but what I'm saying, like, I don't have family in America. I have a lot in Canada. So, But I, I met Stephen Harrelson, my husband. We met in Kuwait when I was that time in Sheraton, yes. This is American. And then he brought you to America? Mm-hmm. No, but we, we lived there for a year first, and then we decided to, to move to United States. And so you're in America, and then, well, now you live in New York. I know you've been to Dubai, which is a big city, and Kuwait, but being from a small town in the Philippines, did you have difficulties moving to New York? Um, you know what? In Middle East, though you are all diverse, it's diverse place, you know, Filipinos, Indian, Arabic, or Chinese, but the competition is not that high. What do you mean by that? Like, I mean, the local people, like the Arabic people, I mean, I say local, I mean, those who are citizen of the place, the expectation, the privileges, 
the, the salary, the treatment, you know, it's totally different. You're there to work for them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if you move to America, you have to think that you're all equal. The local, born and raised, and all immigrants, you have to compete all at the same time. I mean, you could. And like there, you are all immigrants. You're from different countries. But in America, you have to compete with the local people. That's a difference for me. Mm-hmm. Like in Kuwait or in the Middle East, if you're not a local, as you say, you're on the low, lower level of the totem pole and you, you're going to stay there forever. There is no way you're going up. But in America, you're on the same level and you can compete. Yes. Yes. But that's what, I'm, what I mean with that. So does that mean that you love America? <laughs> of course, I love America. You know, I, I, what I'm saying is when I was in the Middle East, the, the language barrier is acceptable. If I'm not fluent in English and he's not fluent in English as well, it's fine. We know we're both immigrant. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you have a thick accent, I have my own very thick, cute accent. It's acceptable. We understand that we're different animals from different countries. So more acceptable. But if you're in America, you really have to be competitive. That's, that's how I see it. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> you say, yeah. That's, no, that's, just, that's very American. That's how Americans look. Mm-hmm. Like you have to compete. Like in Canada, we don't do that. We do compete, but we're like, we'll try to get to the goal. If you get there, happy for you. If I get there, you're happy for me. But there's no like, we're on each other's neck kind of deal. No, no, it's not. It's not. I'm talking about in a happy competition. Of course, if you see someone is uh, become successful and they are achieving their goal, their dreams, of course you're happy. What I'm saying is, I'm talking about my my, my work. Okay. Right, because I left. I mean, my my nine years experience in Middle East. Like I started building my career there from receptionist. I the last position I think I was supervisor, but I because of um how do you call it one women could not work overnight. Mm. And to become a manager, you must know the 24-hour cycle job of the business. But they limit it for women because women are not supposed to work at night. You know what I'm saying? I I, I understand. All right. Yeah, that sucks, man. That's like, hey, let's play basketball. But by the way, you cannot use both of your hands. Correct. I got it. You're trying to be politically right over (laughs) here. I get it. It's all good. And let's stay on being politically correct. Oh, uh, okay. Go ahead. Is it true that New Yorkers are rude? (laughs) (laughs) I'm New Yorker now. Uh, I think it depends. I think it depends. If you're rude on the street, then expect people to be rude also, you know? Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, New York City is a very immigrant friendly city that i would say so um though i don't know how many immigrants i think 31 percent how many persons i'm not sure sorry correct me if i'm wrong so most of the people here compared to other 
cities are immigrants. I'm t- because I, I live in North Carolina for three months. Okay. I feel in a different that I feel that I'm really moved to a different place. Why? <laughs> because, because in Middle East, at least when I move, I still talk Filipino, you know, I work with Filipinos. Mm-hmm. I think for three months that I was there, I didn't see one Filipino at all. Wow. Yeah. No Filipino. I did not. Of course, there are, but I did not see. I'm sure. And also in Charlotte, you have to drive. You can't go here and there. Mm. And I was there for three months. And then you moved to New York. Moved to New York. Yes. What do you love about New York? You know what I love about New York? It's very accessible to everything. And, you know, if you're in New York, you'll say, oh, you know, I'm craving for Chinese food. All right, go to Canal Street. And then tomorrow you would say, oh, you know what? I'd like to have some um, Turkish food. Go to Astoria. You'll find everything there. Oh, you know, I love Filipino food. Go to Woodside. And then you will see all Filipino right there. That's what I like. It's really diverse and very friendly, immigrant-friendly city. Very Filipino to talk about food, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I love in New York. I don't need to bother myself driving. If I want to go to to one place, I can take the subway, take the bus. Mm -hmm. So... So in Dubai, you suffered culture shock, and then you went to Kuwait, which is pretty much the same. Was there a different culture shock when you went to the States? Um, wow, you know, it's not a culture shock. I was, I, I told myself, wow, I, I miss half of my life. <laughs> what do you mean? Aaron, I left like I was 21. That, that's the prime you as a person. And then when I moved, 10 years ago, I was like 30s already, like 31 when I moved to the United States. Mm. And then I I never taste alcohol in my life. You don't drink? I don't. There's no drink. I mean, I, I'm glad because, of course, you know, um, I'm Baptist in the Philippines. We don't drink. I don't think now I am. We don't drink. Sure. I know <laughs> Baptist that drinks. Okay. I, I know the, yeah. Yeah. I remember you. But what I'm saying is, there is not allowed. You're gonna be in jail, and yeah. So I, ten years living there. It's like wow. It's it's like a little freedom for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I'm not mm-hmm. going to bar or drink what. It's still I, I keep the the culture, like the values I have, my my mm-hmm. preferences. Mm-hmm. But it's totally different. And like you can wear whatever you want. But that's the thing. I. You know, in Middle East, I, I wear like always long sleeve. I, I don't want to show my skin because, and it's still in my mind. If you go out showing skin, I feel like people looking at me, like I'm having at the back of my mind that I'm still in that place. I live for 10 mm. years. What do you expect? So that's the, mm-hmm. uh, that's the, how to cut this one. I helped me. Culture shock? That's really culture shock. Like the changes that I had to. Oh, um, the adjustments. Yeah, exactly. See, I, I the adjustments. Manage, those are the adjustment adjustments. So. Wow. 
So you still have that thinking like, oh, I'm walking and people are looking at me if I show some skin? No, no, not anymore. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, not anymore. All right, how about this? Being away from home several times, did you get better dealing with homesickness? Um, homesickness, not really. Because, you know, I'm... <laughs> That's the thing. I'm a shy person, but I'm very bubbly. I don't know. Like, I have my way to make myself happy. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> no, what I mean, I can, I can watch TV by myself, watching comedy show, and I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always, I can do my arts on my own and forget about homesickness. I have my own way to uh, divert the negative to positive, the sadness to happiness. Mm-hmm. I think that's the reason why I, I think it's helped me that personality helped me a lot you know to survive especially in Middle East oh <laughs> 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 I'm sorry I'm not saying against Middle East my god I love the I love Dubai and Kuwait I've learned a lot and I got a lot of money from that country so I mean <laughs> I love those countries <laughs> Yeah, no. You're not trying. You're not talking shit about them. It's just you know, it was. It's my experience. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, and it was a rough experience, Mm -hmm. right? There's nothing wrong with that. You're not saying like, oh, that country's bad because of this and that. No, you're just saying it because yeah, it was a rough go. Mm -hmm. Even this country. I mean, I love America, but uh, there are a lot of bad things going on in in this country as well. So I don't want to enumerate that. So. But there's always good and bad wherever you go. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. All right. Let's let's pivot a little bit. Okay. I know you're a well-traveled person. What do you love about mm-hmm. traveling? What do I love about traveling? Of course, um, first food. <laughs> <laughs> I love food. Ooh. And <laughs> I love to eat. And also, I like going to museums. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you watch movies, like Hollywood movies, mm-hmm. and you see those places that, that you only see on all those movies, and then you will see it. And then you read from the books, like Eiffel Tower, you know, London Bridge, uh, Great Wall of China. Mm-hmm. Like Those only, you see it from the book or you saw on TV, then you see it, like, wow. And you experience it. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite country that you've been to? My favorite country so far. I, I love Paris. I'm sorry, France. I love Paris. Mm-hmm. But uh, Paris and London. Really? Yeah, my favorite. You Paris know, and London. You know, Montreal is the Paris uh, of North America, right? Is it? It is. Because we speak. The Paris? Yep. Of uh, North America. Oh, because you speak French. Well, okay. not that. It's just the culture, right? Like, we're very French. Yeah. You know. All right. So, you should come by and pass by and say hi. Montreal. Oh, it's gorgeous here. Mm. It's gorgeous. Yeah, definitely. Once this pandemic over, I'm mm-hmm. telling you I'm going to Montreal. I'm going to Canada. Mm-hmm. Okay. You seem to have a black belt for dealing with homesickness. So what advice would you give to someone that is going through a bad case of homesickness right now? Okay. All right. Homesickness. Um, because of, 
I, I can't compare my personality to other people. You know what I'm saying? We have different background experience. Like what I said, my parents, my mom was overseas contract worker. I grew up, my mom was not with me. So my emotions being away from my parents was already prepared. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when I move the age of 21, 22, my emotion is already ready to be away from my parents. So the homesickness was not really there. And then, like what I said, I'm the kind of person who very bubbly. I could, I can easily divert from sadness to happiness. From, but of course, there are times that I'm saying I'm not vulnerable person with regards to emotions. But again, you know, I believe in God. I read the Bible, and I have my own circle who could advise me, share me. Yeah, most important, you have friends. It's part of life. It is. So I guess the advice would be have friends and try to... Have friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and th that's the thing. D don't be dependent to people emotionally. Hmm. You don't, don't rely on your happiness. You know, I, 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 I can't be happy because I'm alone. Mm -hmm. Not like that. You have to find your own way to be happy even if you're alone. Beautiful words. Right? Yeah. Thank you. That's beautiful. Because now, 24-7, you were with your spouse, with your friends, with your children. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you always find a way to, to enjoy yourself. Nice. I like it. You know what I mean? I love it. <laughs> I love it, actually. <laughs> I love it. Enjoy yourself being alone. That's it. Mm -hmm. Love yourself. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. That's, Got it. that's beautiful. Okay, is there anything you would like to add or discuss, or are there things that you haven't uh, mentioned that you'd like to say? Um, you know, uh, because your topic is about immigrant, when you move to a place, you know, culture differences is expect that, but the most important is you respect different values and you don't need to accept it. The values of other people you have your own values, but you respect it. It's most important. It's not because we're not the same values or religion or we're not the same color. I mean, we can't be friends. We can't be okay or... I mean, we're treating each other different. Just respect and try to know, try to be, uh, try to explore. That's my advice, I guess. Mm. Beautiful words from a beautiful woman. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I hope that makes sense to you. And also, you know, oh, sorry, let me add that. Mm. It, you know, when I was new in New York, they always make fun of my accent. I don't care. Don't, don't be, just love your, your, just love yourself. Because, you know, when I moved to New York, imagine I'm from the Philippines. My B, my P, my F, they mix up. And then I was in Middle East and I started learning the Arabic. So I sound, I sound like 
chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like chicken. I don't know about chicken, <laughs> but <laughs> but I I just don't care. I just don't care. I I know my my voice, my accent, and my face. I'm cute. I don't care. Just and if people trying to put you down to make fun of you, just just start loving yourself first. Uh, make fun of yourself first. So and then eventually they see, oh, this woman, they, she doesn't care, and it's gonna be normal for you. Hmm. You know, don't. Don't let the people like degrade your confidence. Oh, it's not gonna work that way to me. Hmm? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love the message. Thank you for that, and thank you for doing the podcast. Welcome, Aaron. Anytime. And bye. Bye. Again, thank you, Janice, for coming on. That was a really lovely conversation. Uh, oh, before I forget, I just want to remind you guys: next week's episode is a really special one. It's a it's somewhat of a Christmas episode. So for the ones that hasn't subscribed, come on, man, stop fooling around. You know what you need to do. Hit that subscribe button or the follow button or whatever you need to do just to follow the podcast. And as always, please follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and however you get your podcast. Oh, yeah, for the Apple Podcasts and YouTube listeners, I'd appreciate if you could give me a five-star rating and also leave a nice review because that really helps a lot. And for more information, go to my Facebook page and Instagram accounts on Immigrants Life. And this is Aaron Deliosa for an Immigrants Life. See you guys later.